Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Juliet C. Abodo, who has graciously dedicated her time to chatting all about the magic of hypnosis, the power of the subconscious mind, and how this all relates to the current climate we are in, where so many of us are diving deep into learning more about oppressive energies and ancestral traumas that hold back a lot of clients who are Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color. I recently took one of Juliet's free workshops on how to better support black and brown clients. And I highly recommend that each and every single one of you sign up and take it. It is 100% free and there's an option as well to upgrade to get a 300 page manual, like amazing, that she is currently working on to get even more help um, to support those who are not familiar with the black or brown community who experience um, blocks and certain things that they have in their subconscious that have been created by oppression and oppressive systems that we that still exist today. And I personally bought that manual real quick because I just I love the whole workshop. I loved everything that Juliet had to say. Her perspective is so unique and so such a such a um, breath of fresh air and so beautiful. And I hope you also choose to watch the workshop and invest in this manual as well. My mind was blown throughout this entire workshop because I, 
you know, especially someone, you know, Julia is someone who just gets the light worker and manifestation coaching space and understands how we work with people in order to help them. And I literally cannot recommend it enough. And you guys are going to love this episode as well. I'm going to post that link along with all the other links mentioned inside this episode in the show notes as always. So feel free to just swipe up. I think that's like the fastest way or just click see show notes. And for anybody who does not know Juliet, Juliet C. Abodo is a master hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner and trainer. After graduating with a BA in psychology, she went into tech sales instead of medical school for psychiatry. After 10 years in corporate, she left to run her own design agency and a business funding startup. Running two six-figure businesses eventually led her to severe burnout. During her search for a cure, she rediscovered NLP and hypnosis. She began to coach other stressed-out business owners but wanted to make more impactful transformations, which led her to certification as a master hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner and studying for her PhD in clinical psychology with a focus on ancestral trauma. Her practice, Forward Institute, designs individual and corporate brain training programs for business, career, and personal mastery. You guys are in for a treat today. Be sure to take lots of notes, enjoy this episode, and let's dive in. Juliet, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and sharing your work, your time, and energy with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Um, I, I was t- we were talking earlier about this being like a full circle moment. <laughs> it is incredible. Last time we talked was a live stream on Instagram talking about the Rich Babe Academy and you have helped me so much with um, the questions that you answered and your story and your breakthroughs and really helped inspire other women to sign up for the Academy. And I was just thinking lately like, oh, like it was such a joy to talk to you and I really want to give back to you. And also I love following you and I love seeing the work that you're up to. And you are such a hypnosis queen. And like, I just, I love everything that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and kind of like, and more importantly, why do you do it? And then a little bit of a backstory as to how in the world did you come to where you are today? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, I run for, I launched a Ford Institute. Um, so we create brain training programs using hypnosis, meditations, and subliminals. We create a brain training program for um, entrepreneurs, um, people that are moving forward in their careers. Basically, we focus on high achievers um, to help you kind of push past the blocks and stay on track with your personal career and financial goals. So um, these programs are about 33 days because, you know, it takes about... um, 21 days to create a habit and 90 days to create a lifestyle. But with hypnosis, subliminals and meditations, you can reduce that time to like 33 days. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's And so um, it's like I stumbled onto this formula of um, creating these brain trainings because of my issues. Like I'll be like very motivated and I push past the block, but then um, I almost kind of like slip back into old habits because we're always evolving and we always, you know, new levels, new devils, like <laughs> that saying. Um, so you always are going to be met with different challenges. There, 
Just how annoying is that though? But for real, every time I'm like, seriously, I thought I overcame this two years ago. Like what is going on? Exactly. It's like, Hey braid. Um, remember we had a deal, like what's, what's going on? But, um, so the brain training is just like, just like how you have to go to the gym to stay in shape and keep your health. It's the same thing. So I realized, so now I call it brain training. And um, the reason why I do it is because um, I know that I have a lot that I want to bring to the world. And in order to do that, I have to keep my cup filled. And so I found like sometimes I would overwork myself and I would crash and then I'd, you know, be pushed back like 30 days or 60 days. And that 30 or 60 days could have been spent like focusing on my mission. And I know a lot of high achievers and focused individuals deal with that. So um, that is, those are the group of people that I really work with because um, I know that their goal is to make an impact. So I want to be there to support them to make Mm. that. Yeah. I love that. Before we dive into more into the beautiful, wonderful world of hypnosis, can you share how, like, what is your background that allowed you to come into what you do today? Like, what is the story behind it? Like, how did you find hypnosis, NLP. I know that we're both subconscious mind nerds, like crazy. Like we're all about the subconscious. Like how did you get introduced to it? So, um, I, my background is tech sales. Um, I started off doing scientific research, but, um, I was up for promotion. It was, it was my early twenties. I was up for promotion. She's like, Oh, you don't get the promotion. Now you have to wait another year. And then the promotion would have been like $2,500. I was like, there has to be another way. I don't I don't like this life. So my uncle suggested that I go into business. I was so focused on biology and psychology. So I just Googled business, which led me to sales. So I started my sales career in technology. Um, And so I went to a sales training that used NLP. So I knew about NLP and then um, I had a really bad breakup. So I had been, so I, then I got into hypnosis. So when I went to get hypnotized, I was like, can you remove him from my mind? She's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, uh, but she it really did help me with the breakup, um, cutting cords. So, so that has always helped me. But then um, I kind of like had it in the back of my mind. I forgot about it. So like, Flash forward like five years later, like 2018, I was running two businesses, two six-figure businesses, but I was waiting for the train um, in New York. I was waiting for the subway and it was like, I kind of want to (laughs) jump. It's like, I'm tired. I just want this to be over. And I was like, "Uh, this is not, this is not a good thought to have. And so I came, I came home and I was just like scrolling on Instagram and, um, I, I saw your ad and so I opted, what type of manifesto are you? I was like, girl, I don't know. Uh, so I, guess, <laughs> I guess I'll find out. <laughs> so I signed up for your list and um, I started listening to your podcast. Like I binge your podcast and like your story really inspired me. Um, you know, how you did it end up, you were studying to become a doctor and you ended up not doing it. And just like how um, you were on your grandmother's couch and you just like said, all right, let's just, play this game yeah I was like, no I could do that and so I started playing the game and then um I was like you know I would like to do her program and then you're like hey it's opening uh, my program is open I was like okay well then I guess I'm doing it and so I joined the program and you had a hypnosis in Rich Babe Academy 
and so I'm in the Facebook group and I was doing like, I was watching the videos. I showed up live, you know, I really wanted to make the shift because that, that thought of me, like trying to jump, that really just shook me out of it. Like, no, like I can't do that. So, um, I would show up to the trainings live and then you said, Oh, make sure you listen to the hypnosis. And I was like, Oh yeah, hypnosis. Uh, but in my mind, I was like, Oh, I, I usually do it in person. But I started seeing people say, oh, wow, I did the hypnosis. I was bawling. I was crying. I was like, okay, girl, (laughs) dramatic. (laughs) Why are these people so dramatic? So I don't know. It was just one night. (laughs) One night I just said, all right, I'm going to do the hypnosis. And so I was listening to it. And I went through. And the process, you basically, it's like inner child healing, essentially. So I went back to that memory. And I was like, why is it raining in my room? It was like, I was just crying. I just, it was, I was like, oh wow, I'm crying. And it was so enlightening and I felt so light. And it just basically the reason I was so tired because I'm running two businesses and I'm making all this money, but I never felt that it was enough. I felt like I constantly was trying to replenish this. And so for me, it wasn't just about rich financially. It was like rich life. Like you Mm -hmm. looked like you were fulfilled emotionally not just because of money so that's what and you said something on a podcast um because I was listening to you free YouTube stuff and um affirmations in the morning and you said the people that are recording these things and doing these things you're basically the energy behind it you're only going to go as far as they did so you should tap into someone who's going to take you farther and I was like, you know what? You're right. So that's also one of the reasons why I joined the program because you had something that I wanted to tap into, which was fulfillment, like emotionally fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so during the hypnosis, the, the, this gave me so much freedom because I realized that the reason why I consist, constantly was chasing money, felt like chasing money was because I was, I felt like I needed nice things. Um, I needed to have because I had a two-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. It was like, I needed to have a two-bedroom apartment so people could be like, oh, wow, she has a two-bedroom apartment. And they would respect mm-hmm. me. I needed to live in New York, not New Jersey. Like, I needed to um, have, like, my hair done, my nails done, everything done so people could basically love me. <laughs> like, wow. my friend. Because it took me back to lunchtime. And my f- group of friends that I had, I, they were, like, all cute, pretty girls. And I just said, like, I never saw myself as as a cute, pretty girl. I thought, like, I was just smart and I had um, nice stuff. So that made me cute and pretty, too, because I had the stuff. And then I remember my friend saying, ew, like, she, they use, like, the um, ShopRite um, peanut butter jelly for her sandwiches. And I remember I got mad at my mom. I was like, we need Jiffy. We need Jeff. We can't get the ShopRite peanut butter. We need Jeff. We need Jeff. And so it was just like, wow, I put so much, put my worth into peanut butter and all this stuff. And it was just like, I started crying. And so, and then you said to apologize and tell like the younger me. And I was like, I looked at myself as a little girl. And I was like, you're so cute. Like, why didn't you think that you were cute? Why didn't you think that like, people could love you for you. Like you are so amazing. And so, um, just like healing and I'm like, I was so hard on myself 
And I apologize to myself for being so hard on myself and saying that you deserve, deserve more and I love you. And so that was such a huge relief. And I felt just, it really healed me. And so from then on, I was like, okay, hypnosis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People were like, oh, what I got to cut hypnosis. <laughs> allergies hypnosis everything hypnosis <laughs> that is so incredible. I had no idea I know we briefly spoke on on um how you got into hypnosis before but of course you know in this podcast we can dive so much deeper and I didn't know how that's such a beautiful story and like I can so relate to that as a kid too like I was so hard on myself I was so hard on my parents for not again not necessarily peanut butter in my case but I'm like my, the brand of my shoes and the fact that my parents wouldn't buy me Abercrombie and Fitch. And I would just, I didn't understand that Abercrombie and Fitch cost like, I don't know, 50 bucks for a t-shirt back then. And I just didn't understand why other kids could have these things and I couldn't. And I could relate to so many things that you just mentioned in your childhood and how we so often, and this starts in childhood programming in childhood that we so often place our happiness and our validation and our self-worth on things. And then we buy all these things, not realizing that those things could never fill that void. And so we keep buying things and keep buying things. And then, you know, up until the moment where you were looking at the train tracks and having dark thoughts, it's like, for many of us, we have to get to that point to realize like, wait a second, things, money, success are not going to fill that void that only true emotional fulfillment can fill. And I had no idea that's such a, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, I could really relate to that and resonate with that. And I know that so many of our listeners can as well. And also for the, and especially for the listeners who think still that that hundred K business or that handbag or anything that you buy is going to make you happy. It's just Money and the things are just a byproduct of you living your best life, being the best version of yourself. Like it's all fun and games and it's awesome, but you don't need it to feel 100% happy and fulfilled with your life. And I think that sometimes we need to chase those things in order to come back around and be like, oh, okay. Um, so I love that for, for people who, don't necessarily know, like, I know that there's a stigma around hypnosis. Um, I know this because people all the time come up to me, they're like, Catherine, but like, are you going to um, brainwash me? Like, is this brainwashing? Like, are you going to make me do something that I don't want to do? I've seen the shows, I've seen hypnosis in Hollywood, and people are doing weird things on stage. Like, I don't, what does this have to do with manifestation? What does this have to do with money? Can you just speak on what hypnosis is and some of the taboos around it and what, you know, the, some of the ways that people perceive hypnosis to be and then what it actually is and how it can be helpful? Sure. So um, a lot of times people watch the shows like, um, and then there's that show, The Mentalist, and how it seemed like it was just the hip hypnotist or the hypnotherapist is going to try to control you, which isn't the case. Um, hypnotherapy is really allowing you to communicate with your subconscious mind. Because essentially, this is how I like to explain it. People think that they're consciously aware of what they're doing and they're in full control. But if you look at your hand, right, basically your conscious mind is your pinky, right? And then your 
um, your ego is your index finger that keeps you safe, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other three fingers and your palm, <laughs> your wrist, that's your subconscious mind. Wow. So if you're trying to carry your groceries inside, are you going to use your pinky? No. And you can't even use, you can't live on your ego. It's going to just say, girl, you need to just go inside, maybe like come back later. No, you want to use your entire hand and it makes it so much easier to carry the load when you tap into your subconscious mind. Mm. And, and then a lot of times um, your conscious mind is responsible for sending these inf- the information to your subconscious mind. So it's constantly taking in information. So if you don't tell it where to um, organize the things, it's going to work on autopilot. So if you want to hit 100K, but then you're, you're saying money's evil, rich people suck, it's going to lump that all together, including you. So it's going to try to keep you far away from money as possible because you said that rich people suck. So with hypnosis, it basically allows you to stop and start to send the right messages to your subconscious mind of where to organize and categorize everything in your life. So now when you're moving forward and you're taking information, it's going to put it where allocate it and put it where it needs to be um, within the library. So you could think, imagine your mind is a library and then you have things on the top shelf, you have things on the bottom shelf, you have things back in the back or you want to push things forward. So when you're setting goals, it's important to tell your subconscious mind, let's bring this forward and put it on the top shelf as a priority. Hmm. I love that metaphor. How does hypnosis like work technically? Like, um, because some people, you know, they experience it as in like, I'm going to a hypnotherapist's office and it's more so like being at a therapist's office, like you have a couch that you lie down on, right? And then you have the hypnotherapist, but then there's also, you know, how you mentioned you listen to an audio. And so like you can put it into audio form. I know that you have programs based around hypnosis. I think what is a catchy name that you have on your profile? I keep seeing it. It's like sleep your way to hundred K or something like that. What is that? Yeah. Sleep your way to hundred K. Yeah. I love it. So there's, um, you know, different formats in which it comes through, but like, how do you know, like, what is the difference? I think this is a better question. What's the difference between like a meditation recording and a hypnosis recording? Okay. Yeah. So meditation, it's, um, really focused on relaxation and kind of clearing your mind and resting your mind and hypnosis is designed to be um, a way for you to communicate a goal or action. So imagine, um, you know, you want to, it's like a meditation is you sitting on the park bench, relaxing. Hypnosis is you um, meeting your coworkers at a picnic table and, and planning. Mm. That's so there is something, suggestions are implanted during hypnosis while you're relaxed. Um, and so basically, if you're on that park bench and someone comes up to you and consistently whispers in your ear, like, you're amazing, this is what you're going to do when you get off this bench, you're going to get your work done, you're going to um, do X, Y, Z, keep going, that's the difference. Like, there is a set intention and communication during hypnosis. And then also your brain waves, um, because, you know, most of the time we're in beta state, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you get in the car, you go into alpha, 
and then um, theta, then delta. So with hypnosis, um, you kind of touch into um, theta and delta. And so that that's the opportunity for us to really talk to your subconscious mind. Because when you were younger and growing up, that was the, the brainwave that you were mostly on until age seven. That's why so many things get imprinted at that young age, because that's your brainwave at the time. You're just taking everything in. So hypnosis allows us to bring it back down, basically go back to your seven-year-old mind and um, clear out the things that you don't need and implant and replace it with the things that you do need. Imagine a time in your life when you were younger, a year in your life that was really rough for you or experiencing your life that was really rough for you. And imagine someone came to you that day and said, it's going to be okay. This means nothing, all right? You're amazing. You're going to get through this. This means nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's not your fault. You can do this. And imagine if that person came to you every day for a year and said that to you. How different would you be today? Mm, That's freaking powerful. Wow. Wow. That is so incredible. So you know, you mentioned the brain waves, like the mechanics behind hypnosis. What is it that makes your mind, your brain go into the, the theta brainwave, the theta and the delta? Is it like the music? Is it the tone of voice? Is it all of the above? And then also how does um, hypnosis necessarily remove the limiting? Because I know like and this is a question I also have for you personally, because I don't practice hypnosis. Like I'm trained in hypnosis. I don't practice it um, on a daily basis, meaning like I don't, it's in, it's part of my programs. And then I do self-hypnosis, right? So is it like the fact that we are giving suggestions that is layering over and canceling out the other suggestions that we already have playing? Or do we have to give specific commands to say, First, we're going to clear this, and then we're going to layer it on top of it. Like, what are the mechanics behind it? Oh, yeah. Great question. So, like, with a session, for a hypnosis session, first, um, I ask people, what is their block? And then I identify what they do. Mm-hmm. And I ask them, then we ask them certain questions to figure out why they do it and ask them, and then you're able to link the belief that's causing them to do those things to create this block. Mm. You have the belief and and, um, the reason that they think, the conscious reason they think they're doing it, and then the, the block that it's creating. So then I go back to that belief. So basically I'm able to find the belief, and then we do time techniques. So we go back, to the day that they decided to believe that thing because it first was a thought that they had or experience that they had. And then they made a decision that this was true. Hmm. Yeah. That's a big distinguisher. The decision piece, that's what locks it in essentially. Exactly. And so we go back and we talk to subconscious mind to let go of this decision to believe this, right? And to really address, to find out what's true. And so once we let go of this decision, that removes the block. Mm, And then we're able to go in and actually 
implant the more resourceful belief. So then they're not, they're not fighting between each other because that belief is gone. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. That's awesome. So use time techniques to release the decision and then use hypnosis to layer in that new belief. Um, I feel like even in that session, like for a client to even become aware of the belief, like them going from completely, completely unaware to aware. And then on top of that through hypnosis, like that's just so transformational. Um, and then I have a question for you. Like, I know that a lot of people ask this uh, question for me and I'm sure you get this question a lot too, but I just want to make it clear here on the podcast. Like is hypnosis considered to be a like a quick fix? Is it just like a one session and you're going to walk out a completely different person? Like, is it one session? You you don't even have to take action. It's just like automatic. Or do you have to like consciously participate in your own transformation, in your own manifestation, whatever it is that you come to hypnosis, whether it's for more money, for weight loss, for changing a, a bad habit, like maybe quitting smoking. Like, is it pretty like you know, snap of fingers or do clients have to leave the hypnosis session and still make that conscious decision though? It's now easier because the subconscious is pretty in alignment with it. Like what, what do you see from your experience of like how, you know, yeah. Like, is it a quick fix or not? Yes and no. In the sense where, um, so you'll have people that, um, diet and work out and focus on losing weight really, really hard. And then you have people that go and get liposuction. Right. Right. But then even after they complete the liposuction, they have to wear the band. They still have to eat right and maintain it by working out. So essentially hypnosis is like liposuction, but Uh, we'll need to maintain the work. Yes. Okay. That's a brilliant metaphor. That makes a complete sense. It's like you get the lipo, but like if you want to keep the results of the lipo, you still got to do the things that help you maintain it. That makes absolute sense. Julia, you wanted to focus on ancestral trauma and how oppressive energies can block people from manifesting the things that they truly want. Can you dive into that? And like, what does it look like? And how does ancestral trauma or oppressive energies manifest? And then what can we do to release that? Sure. Yeah. So when, when during a session, when sometimes when I do time techniques to go back to a belief, so a lot of times um, worthiness, guilt, and fear will actually be something that's ancestral versus my clients. Mm. So they're like, so I would ask them like, is it, when did you decide to believe this? Was it before or after birth? And they would say before, was it in the womb or before that? And they're like, before that. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, just go with it. Yeah. And so they will go like generations back um, to find out that they, the reason why they felt unworthy, because essentially, you know, when we're, when we're in the womb, we just, just being pregnant changes your DNA as a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're, when you're in the womb, you have your mom's DNA and your grandmother's DNA. So yeah. it's in your DNA, this, these, this trauma. And so that's why I'm moving towards really focusing on women that are pregnant to heal themselves too. Um, so just to break any generational curses and bonds. And so a lot of times my clients 
um, and this is with even all backgrounds, they will have this fear, guilt, and worthiness issue going back for um, generations because of their grandmother. Something happened. And so we would release that and they would come out and they're like, whoa. Or um, some people too, they may not go back as forth, um, back as far, but they will hear, they, they would feel the fear of their mom because they didn't think that, um, she didn't think that they were, the father's going to stay with her. Mm, wow. And so, she, so they would have fear and that would affect them with holding on to money and holding on to relationships. They just felt like they needed to hold on to stuff. And then um, I've also worked with millennials who have financial trauma. So during the last recession, a lot of people were um, teens or preteens or kids, and they saw their parents lose their homes. And that energy, that trauma was taken on by the children. So they're feeling the fear. And so a lot of my clients will come to me and they're very successful. But they said, they say, the days I don't make money, I feel sad. Wow. Because of that reminder that there could be a day where you might lose all your money or you might lose your job or something like that. Wow. I didn't think about that. So people will say, I'm doing, I'm doing the 55 by five. I'm visualizing, like I see it, everything, but it's like here and there's this block there. And so, um, I recently held a workshop where, coaches and healers that wanted to hold space for black and brown clients. Mm -hmm. So then for black and brown clients, um, you add a level of oppressive energy to it. And so when your client comes to you and they have a money block um, and they're trying to, you know, excel in their career behind their money block. Right. And you have that layer of um, ancestral trauma but then you have the oppressive energies from internalized racism, institutionalized racism, and systemic racism. So you have this four-pronged block. Wow. And so you really need to clear that out in order to have them have the same breakthrough and level of success that someone that doesn't have, that just has like a singular block. Wow. But in your experience doing the work that you do, you are able to help women get rid of those blocks. So a hundred percent a possibility. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Wow. And and it's the tool, but it's just like, instead of just cleaning the top of the oven, we got to open that oven up and go back and use this. It's the same sponge and cleaner, but we just got to go deeper. Do you ever find also, you know, besides generational trauma, that stuff from past lives come up? Does that come up in your work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've had some, um, someone said like Egypt and I was like, <laughs> we're, we're in like Jersey. What are you talking about, girl? <laughs> it's like Egypt. They're like, okay. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's, it's so when we released it, she, it, for her, it was controlling everything. Mm. Never felt in control. And so for, she went back to her past life where she was um, basically um, owned by someone. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. I know like for me in my personal experience, like I have gone, I've done the generational release and I've also done the past life release. And then 
something I read from a book called The Old Soul's Guidebook. And it's a book written um, by this man who channels um, his guides. And I don't remember how he started channeling, but it was like, it was one of those stories where he just randomly saw his dead uncle like staring at him. And he was like, what? Like, you're here, you're alive. Like, I'm so confused that he realized that, you know, the uncle's still dead. He's just crossed over on the other side talking to him. And he wrote a book for um, old souls, people who feel like they've been here forever, people who feel like they are dealing with some past life stuff because the older your soul is, the more past life stuff you have. And that book really spoke to me. You know, I don't necessarily agree with every single thing that he mentioned, but I know one thing that he talked about is that sometimes from his belief, from his work that he does, that it, your soul could get confused and can kind of confuse something from another life and bring it into this life and like kind of allow it to, to cross the barrier, right? Like we, we believe that we come here as a blank slate, but sometimes things get crossed over and your soul has to remember that this is a brand new life. Like, Hey, new, right. New life, (laughs) new devil, (laughs) new level, new devil, new life. Right. And, um, what really spoke to me that I now added into my courses is I, as I tell my students, like, Hey, if something just doesn't make sense, like if there is a fear that you have or limiting belief that you cannot connect to this lifetime, just even having the awareness that it could be a past life or it could be from your mom or it could be from your grandma and just say, that's not mine. Hey soul, just having a conversation with your soul, the same way I like to have conversations with my ego and remind my ego who's in charge in the most loving way. I don't believe in like scolding your ego, telling it to F off, telling it to die. I believe in becoming a partner with your ego. And so even just telling your soul like, Hey soul, do you think that that might be coming from a past life? And just even bringing that awareness, I've been able to clear things like left and right so quickly. Um, just, just from that. And I, I, I think it's valuable to mention that because, um, even, you know, whatever tool you use, which in this case, hypnosis, like this stuff is so powerful because it just, it, it, it just like rewires everything so nicely. It gives you that blank slate. Um, would you say something similar, Juliet? Like it just, it just reorganizes yeah. and gives you a blank slate where you can create whatever you want in your life from that blank canvas. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. You're able to take the knowledge that you have. Cause I know a lot of people say, Oh, if I knew now, um, if I knew then what I know now, I would make different decisions um, without my emotions involved. So that's what um, hypnosis allows you to do, Um, allows you to remove the emotional charge and the pain and things that would cloud or hold you back from making the right decisions and the clarity to see what your path is. And basically, we get caught up in the past and we allow the past to create our future versus allowing the present creating our future. Yeah. So we bring ourselves back to the presence. Um, so not our past life now, not um, generations back now, not even last year now, not that time when you fell, when you went too far. It's like now, <laughs> it's like it's now to create your future. And so that's what, that's what gives people the power. They, to just, now you're focused. Like imagine if you woke up from a coma mm. and I came to you and said, girl, this is everything that happened to you. Like you should be crying right now. You should be sad, but you wouldn't remember that. You're like, wow, that's a very dramatic life experience. But yeah. you, you would 
have that information and you're like, I, I probably shouldn't move back there. I should, probably shouldn't do that. I'll do this instead. Yeah. That's like, it's like you're dis- you're just disconnecting. You're not, you're not trying to forget your trauma or forget anything. Cause like, you know, we took the same NLP hypno- hypnotherapy training and something that really spoke to me in that training is how they say like, you don't want to rid people of their memories. Their memories have lessons. They have positive learnings that come from every single, even the most horrific things. There's some sort of positive learning that you can take on and use that in your life. And if you just clear someone's memories, it's not necessarily going to help them. But if you are allowed, if you help them disconnect Mm -hmm. and help them clear the emotions and that attachment then they are just able to be like, okay, cool, that happened. What are the positive learnings? How can I use that to my advantage? And then you have a blank slate. You can create whatever it is that you want. Exactly. Yeah. And um, because those emotions are what tie you to the past. Yeah. Feeling that over and over again. Totally. What you actually want to feel. Those triggers. I was mentioning on um, a different episode where I finally realized where I feel my triggers and I can tell if I'm being triggered for some, like something needs healing is I just feel like a a stab right here. That's why I'm pointing at my chest. It's like, and whenever I feel something, I'm like, okay, Catherine, that's not your truth. Whenever I feel this, like if I feel something in my heart, that's my truth. If I feel something between my heart and my throat chakra, just kind of like stab me. I'm like, that's not my truth. That is just a trigger. That's something that I need to work through. And here are my tools so I can work through them. Um, Julia, on social, you talked, um, I think I saw this either today or yesterday. I don't even remember. Don't even know what day it is. Um, You talked about clearing out like unconscious beliefs around race. And that is especially important in today. I mean, always important, but especially this is what's coming up right now. And how someone, and I love that you mentioned how someone in the past programmed those unconscious beliefs, unconscious biases around race into your subconscious. And now it is our job to program them the F out. That's literally what you said, program them the F out. Um, <laughs> what, what is the best way to do this? Is it hypnosis again? And like, how do people even go to finding out what unconscious beliefs that they have around race, no matter what race it is? Because, you know, there's internalized racism. There's also internalized um, oppression. There's internalized whiteness that I'm, I'm like learning all these terms that I'm so grateful for the education that I have an opportunity to dive into because there's just so much I didn't know. And now I'm like, I'm actually enjoying learning this because I want to be a part of the solution. And I know that there's so many people listening that also want to be a part of the solution. So there's a lot to clear for all of us, right? And it's deep and heavy stuff, but it's like the best light work that we can do right now. Like what is, what is in your opinion, like um, how, how can we find these unconscious beliefs that we do have around race that is perpetuating a, a system, a society, a culture of racism? Luckily, um, so journaling helps, but there is a website that from Harvard is called Implicit Bias Test. Mm. So it has it for different areas, even gender roles, everything. Um, And so you're able to take the test to see where you rate. And so from there, you're able to take the questions and information. I would write it down and then ask yourself, is this true? Just like how you have your limiting beliefs, ask yourself, is this true? And then say, what is true? What actually is true? And then from there, you consciously take it in 
and have it written down like this is what is true. And you can read it before bed or in the morning to set the intention to align yourself with these new beliefs. It's like, I want these new beliefs. These are my new beliefs. So you can do that um, by yourself, by training your brain that way. Um, just like, because it's like we've been trained from when we were younger, you know, for I even within my own race, like I have darker skin. So automatically, even when I was younger, I would go for lighter skin, black dolls. They're like, yeah, it's black, but it's lighter mm-hmm. skin. So I like it. Yeah. So this is something that we're pro, like, the, so if you look at, there's a list of um, people who are responsible for books that are published, media that's um, published, movies, TV shows, it's usually 80 or 90% white. Yeah. So this has been centered. Um, and so that, and then, so even if it's not something that it's, um, even they're nice to you, or if it's something that's trying to not be negative, it's still centered around whiteness. So you are still putting yourself against that and how close you come to that whiteness. Mm. So with these belief system changes, it's going to take work because it took, it's like, it's even before you were born that it was rolling. It was in place. Even when your mom was pregnant with you, it was in place. Generations, past lives, all of it. Everything. So it's like, this hasn't been in place. And then it's also not something that's just in the U.S. It's everywhere. So you have it all over. So all this energy is coming at you and you're going to think like, am I believes wrong? Everyone else is thinking this. This seems yeah. to be warm. So you're going to think you're crazy if everyone else is thinking this and you're not, but you have to hold true to it. You know, just because everyone else is doing it, that doesn't mean it's right. You know in your soul what's right. And you now want to make the conscious decision to take in this information in a different way. Mm. I would like when I meet someone to classify them based on non-personal traits, non-physical traits. Mm. I would like to see and visualize this person as themselves without my imprint or past prior beliefs about them. That is so powerful. And something that came up for me as you were talking was, you know, through this discovery, there's also something called cognitive dissonance. And like, oh my God, the cognitive dissonance that I had to battle in the last like two weeks is because, you know, when you're learning, like when you have, when you have beliefs that are unconscious, have been there, not just in your lifetime, but past lives or generations many generations, like hundreds of years worth. It's like when you hear something radically different from what you unconsciously believe at first, it's going to be the most uncomfortable thing because what our brains want to do is we want to match our entire reality to our current beliefs. And if something is questioning our current reality or our current beliefs we have about our reality, it's like we feel physically unwell. It's like, it's, it's so triggering. It's so uncomfortable. It's like, we will either make our reality, we'll either reject it or we have to sit with it, feel the discomfort and, and try to piece it into our current reality so that our current reality can change according to the new belief that we want to accept. So I just want to mention to anyone listening, like it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's like the best work that we could possibly do, especially in bringing um, unity across not just the spiritual community, but all communities. 
um, bringing together the black, indigenous, people of color, whites, like all together, because we are all in this together. But until we do this important work, like there's people who feel left out right now. And there is a lot of um, whiteness and there's white privilege and just all these things that we need to unpack. But it's so, so powerful. You hosted a webinar um, that I've yet to take, but I plan on taking, which is all around holding space for black and brown um, clients. If you have like a link to that, I would love to share that in the show notes. But just for the purpose of this podcast, do you mind sharing just a couple of highlights of some stuff that you mentioned in that webinar? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, it was, I, I divided everything, you know, bio background, I divided everything into six parts <laughs> and then grouped it into like three parts. So we have Q and A at each, um, section. And so in the webinar, I talk about how the black experience, there are layers to it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this will help kind of people understand that they may have black friends that are like, Oh girl, I'm fine yes, you're fine because you're rich. <laughs> so, but that doesn't mean that the system is fine. Or right. they'll have, um, they'll work with other coaches that are like, yeah, I can manifest my reality. Um, so I'm fine. Yes, they're fine, but there still is an issue that, that doesn't affect them. It's not just about your black friend. Um, and why, and this is also why your black friend is not having an issue because of these other layers and her, her experience compared to everyone else's. And, um, and I also did it for, um, for coaches that are not American because there is the, the energy is different for across the African diaspora. So I wanted to explain that for my clients that were not American as well, because I had some um, black people in the UK and in Canada that wanted to understand what's going on in the US Mm. and why it's so important because a lot of times, like even in Bermuda, they had um, a protest, but the police there are very relaxed, you know, predominantly black island and it's an island. So it's completely different energy than what the U.S. feels like. Um, so I explained to them why um, this is important, how it's different. And so not to look to their black friends who are doing well or wealthy to, to understand what's going on, on a global scale. And then also, too, if you're your black friends are wealthy, they still may be dealing with this, this, and this. Then I talked about basically cultural appropriation and um, how different things that my clients, because they, they are high achievers and high earners. So they have blocks, but how the blocks are three-dimensional. So you'll have a client that will come to you. So if you're a nutrition coach, for example, or intuitive eating, someone was on the webinar and your client is doing everything send you checking in accountability everything even goes to whole foods every day fresh um salmon everything but she's not losing weight a lot of times she may be working at a company where she is getting daily microaggressions and microaggressions are things that people in higher power or even around you can do to kind of make you feel bad about your race and your identity so that oppressive energy um, at the end of the day, she doesn't feel like walking. She'll just take up the car and she'll do her workout, but she's not really like loving herself and the energy of the workout is different. And she's just doing get, doing the work, but not being the work essentially. And so when she comes to check in with you, she has a high level of stress, which increases her cortisol levels and keeps mm-hmm. the weight in her stomach. So she's not losing weight because of the stress of the microaggressions from her job. 
and she's saying, yeah. So it's like different layers for, um, what your clients are dealing with. So if they have a trouble with their weight, it could be linked to this. If they have money blocks, they may not feel secure at their job because they were hired to be a token, you know, the, the representative by di- to fill their diversity quota. Mm. Like, yeah, we have, we have a black girl here, so we are diverse. Checklist. Checklist. Yeah. And so she doesn't feel challenged. She, they kind of keep her fenced in. They're like, just um, do like this article or, oh, um, do something for Black History Month for us. So she's not challenged. She doesn't feel valued. And so she feels unsure and um, insecure at her job. So when you come to her and want to look at her budget, she wants to cry because she doesn't know. And then she doesn't want to go to another job because then she's going to have to start all over being the token. Hmm. This education is so important. Like hearing this is, is so important because it really goes to show just how complex and layered this is. And then also to be able to under, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are just not listening. And something that I've been doing the last 10 days is like, Catherine, shut up and just listen. And I've been hearing, it's been so eye opening. but now I can see how I can better support those in my community that are black, indigenous people of color who do have these layered things going on, these layered blocks where they don't feel like valued members of society or they have stress going on. and um, we as coaches and we as, um, service providers, we as mentors can so much better serve these people. And that's what your whole workshop is about is holding space for these clients. Because when you understand that there's different things that hold them back from the quote unquote, typical white person, all of a sudden it just, it allows you to open your heart and serve in a so much more impactful way. Um, and I can't wait to take this, um, webinar. I don't know. Do you have a replay? Like, do you have like a link or something? Okay. I'm going to, um, Julia's nodding at me. I'm going <laughs> to post the link at the, um, in the show notes, you guys. So definitely check it out. Definitely check out Juliet's work. Um, Juliet, one last question that I have for you, just to be mindful of time. And also you guys can like dive into her Instagram. She got stories for days and all kinds of awesome programs. Um, you mentioned cultural appropriation. This is something that I have not yet dived into or dove into or however you properly say it in terms of my education. But like, can you just share a little bit of like how this shows up in the spiritual community and what it is that we can do about it in order to honor certain cultural traditions without um, necessarily appropriating them or inappropriately profiting from them or anything like that? Do you mind sharing? Sure. So I'll use um, language as an example. In the in the okay. presentation, I have photos like um, like people that have like Indian Native American um, headdresses on and their cop in their stuff, and it's just like, hey, uh, and they use language like tribe or spirit animal or gypsy. Mm-hmm. Um, those things when you are you don't have that in your background. Um, that and the fact that you are someone in the um in the higher class or in the um majority if you're a white woman you're gonna profit off something that people that actually are that have tribes or people that have that um in their background they don't get to profit off of that Mm. and they're actually being oppressed because they are indigenous or they're part of a tribe 
And because they have these beliefs, they're being oppressed, but you can take those beliefs and, you know, have a six figure business. And so that's the issue with cultural appropriation. It's not really about you respecting, like saying, oh, I respect them. It's like really the fact that the system is in place where someone is penalized for being themselves and having this background, but then you are actually praised and getting money financially for for the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So it can be words. It can be how you dress. Um, it can be in certain practices. And I'm just curious from your perspective to ask, like, is there a way to use, for instance, like a practice that I personally use and love is Ho'oponopono, which is an ancient Hawaiian um, practice of forgiveness. Is there a way for me to teach and to practice Ho'oponopono without appropriating or am I appropriating no matter what because I'm not Hawaiian or indigenous Hawaiian? So yeah, because so you would appropriate if you're like, hey guys, um, I came up with this uh, this <laughs> ritual, and you don't give the background, the story, and um, you know, link to, and so to help with the cultural appropriation, give the background, mm. and then um, link to someone from that background that they can learn from more from if they want to learn about the um, additional rituals that are based on Hapodokono. Got it. That makes sense. By the way, so random, but as you said that I got goosebumps, which is a sign of like, this is truth. So that totally makes sense. It's honoring, it's honoring the culture. It is explaining the background, not taking credit for it. I think, I think what I'm understanding is like, don't take credit for it. Like do your best to give the credit where credit is due and honor the people who, and also I've also seen people who for instance, maybe use um, sage or Palo Santo or use certain like Native American or indigenous practices, but they make sure to give back to those cultures, like via donation or support or mission work or anything like that, whatever you want to call it. Um, Is that also a way for you to kind of like balance it out and give back to that culture? Or does that make sense? Yes. Energetically too, it's it's important because um, if you're if you're profiting from it, you should um, essentially tiff, like give back to that culture that made it so you're able to utilize and profit from it. That makes sense. You're not just energetically sucking them dry, taking, 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 but you're creating this um, essentially, like I see it as an infinity symbol. It's like, thank you so much for the energy that you've given me and here's energy back to you. And it's just yeah, that makes complete sense. Thank you so much for that. I was just, I haven't done that education myself and I definitely want to be more mindful of that, especially now seeing how many people it hurts and how many communities it hurts. And my insights from doing ayahuasca was um, ayahuasca showed me the indigenous and how we must protect them because they're the wisdom keepers of the world. And she showed me many things, but that's just one thing that really stuck, st- stood out to me. And I was like, okay, that's who I want to give back to. And so I purposely haven't been using as much sage or Palo Santo or anything like that. I still have some leftover from years ago. So I've been using that, but I've been looking for companies that give back. So even if you are buying it, first of all, making sure it's sustainable um, because there are some people just straight up like taking it away from those who actually need it for their cultural practices. Um, but first of all, grown sustainably, um, uh, cut and like sold sustainably. 
collected sustainably. And then also they, they give back a portion of the sale to the indigenous. I, I think it's important to look for companies like that. I believe I found one, um, which is Shaman's Market. I, I haven't looked too much into the details of, um, I know they mention in like, uh, in the, somewhere in there, how they give back a portion of their profits or proceeds or whatever to the indigenous. But I just like, that's been something that I've been mindful of. And I've been like, inadvertently like uh um not necessarily directly but indirectly mindful of it because it's like I didn't even know why I was doing it but for some reason it felt right right so using your intuition for that Juliet thank you so much for being here this was such an amazing conversation I learned so much from you and I know that our audience is going to learn so much from you and um for those of you who are listening right now please take a screenshot of this and tag Juliet what is your Instagram at Juliet C. Obodo, O-B-O-D-O. Juliet C. Obodo. I'm going to spell that out for you guys also in the show notes. So just in case you want to just um, get a quick link uh, to her Instagram, screenshot this, tag her, share her, uh, share with her all your breakthroughs and all your aha moments and give her all the love in the world. And besides your Instagram, which is at Juliet C. Abodo, where else can people find out about you and your work and how can people work with you and manifest 100K while they're sleeping? <laughs> so they can visit forwardinstitute.com and it's fwrdinstitute.com. Um, you'll see the list of different brain trainings that we have available. Um, I also am going to start doing group hypnosis session. That's um, sessions. That's my way to give back for people that can't. Um, really invest into one-on-one sessions. Um, and then you'll see also links for um, you as a practitioner or healer or coach that wants to start to create a more inclusive experience for your, for your clients. Um, during the webinar, I'm a generator. That's my human design. <laughs> but it was like, I kept getting these signs because I was creating a um, coaching program for next year. And I realized I did not have this module in my training of things that I know just as a Black woman, you're, you're very conscious of um, racial etiquette, essentially, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. other people wouldn't. So just not just as a Black woman, but not just as a Black person, but as a woman also. So there's that intersectionality. Yeah. So um, I created, I created the Kindred Coaching Kit. Um, this way you can hold space for your BBIPOC clients and your LGBTQ clients as well. Um, so it's a manual that you'll be able to reference. Um, and if you pre-order, you'll be able to send me your tough questions. We'll also um, have a Facebook group where I'll go in and have office hours um, because you're, you're going to mess up and you're going to be getting questions that... Um, you know, you may not know where to go. This isn't something that as a coach, it's not, there's not a lot of sources where you can Google. There is anti-racist um, educators and I urge you to take those classes as well. Um, but this one will be from a place of light work because um, a lot of the information that you're going to get from anti-race, anti-racist classes may um, kind of may not align with the our work is light workers, you know? Yeah, totally. They're like, stay away. I'm I'm like, move forward (laughs) and envelope them in your love. And you're like, wait. (laughs) I, I'm, first of all, I am totally going to take that. Um, is that available yet or it's pre-order? 
Um, yeah, it's pre-order. And then when you pre-order, um, you'll get access to Master Your Fear, my brain training for that, because a lot of fear is going to come up. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this is going to help you clear it um, and then just shift into that discomfort, lean into it so you can learn. Amazing. Well, I'm going to buy that right now, literally after this podcast, because I definitely want that manual. And um, think, you just voiced something, of a, a mini frustration that I had. <laughs> I was doing a lot of um, anti-racism classes this weekend. And I was like, yeah, like I can see this, this, and this, but like, how does this align with light working? How does this align in the coaching industry? How does this align with empowering people to make as much money as they possibly can so that they can impact the world? You know, like we have these like expansive belief systems and desires and visions. And we want like people to just grow and expand, you know, as their soul is expanding with the universe. And so I, you literally just like, you literally just handed me something that I needed. So I'm sure there's plenty more people who are going to be interested in that. So guys, everything that Juliet mentioned, the links will be in the show notes. You can just swipe up if you're listening on iTunes. If you're on Spotify, I'm unsure if the show notes show up on there, but like if you go on Apple, they will. And then you can also go on the website and you can also go to Juliet's Instagram and her website, Forward Movement, right? Forward uh, Movement? Uh, Forward Institute. Institute, sorry. So F-R-W-D institute.com and you guys can find all those resources. Juliet, thank you so much for being here. I just love you so much. You just exude such a light and beautiful energy and I cannot wait to watch you grow even more in impacting the world in the way that you do. And thank you for taking the time and the energy to be here. And I am looking forward to connecting again. Yes. Thank you for having me and thank you for creating Rich Babe Academy, which was the catalyst to all of this. Um, so that's something you guys should take. What you're doing now, what you're striving for, can create ripples. You may think like, oh, this sales page, this program, but you can change someone's life and then they'll be able to change others' life. And wow. then look at the power that you have just by you keep pushing through. Yes. Amen, baby. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.